Hey everyone, and welcome back to Free Kick, the AFLW Fantasy Podcast. Today we are talking the rookies, your bench options, the cheap buys. It's going to be another exciting one. I'm Will, and I am joined by my co-host Mel. Mel, how are you going? I am very well. It's getting closer and closer to the official game, so I'm getting happier and happier. Oh, it's literally like within the week now. It's so close. <sighs> I know we've all made multiple changes to our teams. Players are flying everywhere, but today we're going to talk about some of the players that hopefully will be able to be picked pretty easily to just sit on your bench and make you a bit of money, and that is the rookies. It's an interesting dynamic going into this one, having the official game where rookies are essential, but but nowhere near as, you don't need as many in them as, you don't need as many of them in your team as you do if you are playing Marrera's Magic this season or previous season. So it's fascinating because we have a few less great options. You, you don't need as many, but it also means that the ones you pick, like you want to be, you want to be right about them. So yeah, absolutely. So as Mel just mentioned, Marrera's Magic, you're probably going to have to field a few of these rookies. Whereas in for the official game, they're probably just going to be moneymakers on your bench. So mm. a bit of a different dynamic, but let's jump into it now. Mel, you're going to talk us through who you reckon are the good players to pick in your forward line. Yep. So my faves, I've got um, Shanae Davison, Alary Morris, and Tamara Lucas, some of the, the top ones, I reckon. The one I actually want to talk about is Shanae Davison because she is in my side as my uh, rookie forward. So... She's on my bench, and if you've listened to the West Coast episode, I feel like I've said that sentence many times, but if you've listened to the West Coast episode, you would have heard us talk about why we reckon she's a great pick. Um, all three of our interviewees gave her the big thumbs up. She's underpriced um, because of her attendance last season, so she's a great pick to have. Yep, yeah, and there's only upside really there. She's a known entity. She's played before, even though fantasy scoring wasn't great. Yeah, absolutely, and... Been slated for a role further up the ground, more of the halfback winger role, which is an exciting role for a, for a player to get coming off the small forward position. So I couldn't agree more. She's sitting on my bench at the moment. That's a really good one. Just uh, quickly on Alaria Morris. She looks like a very exciting name. We've heard good things coming about her. As a Collingwood fan, do you have a sentence to add? Uh, all I have is that one of her teammates called her Smellery in the practice game. Um, but she does look very exciting. Geordie uh, Allen had big raps for her. Wasn't the best conditions in the game I saw, which was the Geelong uh, first mm. practice game, but I reckon she's going to add a bit of dynamism to that forward line. It's a bit of a key forward role, so not sure how well the scoring will be, but definitely one to keep an eye on. Yep. And Tamara Luke, friend of the pod, she unfortunately didn't get to play pretty much any of last season, I don't think, because she hurt herself in the preseason there. Um, but that means that she's coming in really lowly priced. She was someone we were super excited for last season, so... Let that excitement continue. Yeah, and the only small flag I have for Tam Luke is there's been talk that she may play a key defensive role. We had a talk to her last year, as Mel said, and she did say she's able to play pretty much anywhere across the ground. If it is in that defensive role, I'm not sure how great the scoring capacity will be. But at the same time, she's an experienced player. will probably take some ruck time just to give um, yep. the Wales superstar, Lucy Wales, <laughs> a bit of a chop out. But yeah, I think for the price she is, pretty hard to go wrong. Yeah, absolutely. The couple I've got in my fades here are not necessarily because I don't think they're great fantasy options. They're more just fades because I'm looking at their ownership and it seems higher than I would expect it to be. <laughs> Let's put it that way. So we've got Izzy Huntington, 21% owned here as a rookie. She's a name that we've definitely spoken about before, but 
reading about the Pracky games and whatnot, she might not be playing because of injury. And I'm sure that this is one where that ownership of 21% will go down after we see the team reveals this coming Thursday if she's not named. But just want to be flagging, that's a lot of people for a player that might not play. And you don't really want that on your bench. Yeah, absolutely. I think Izzy Huntington, we were talking about as perhaps the easiest pick in the in the rookies, given how talented we know she is. But if she's not playing round one, very hard. But I think that's a perfect downgrade option later yeah. in the season when she does get a play. So Yeah. So these are like they're fades only for, for season oh, sorry, for round one if something is happening and if they're not named. But the other one, uh, Isabel Simmons, she's currently 20% owned and we were just having a chat previously. I'm not quite sure why, off the top of my head, Eagles are not a great scoring team. Within the Eagles, you do have two very attractive forward options. Yes, they're not rookies, but you've got Hooker and Roberts. So to be picking a rookie forward from the Eagles... Maybe she's a little bit underpriced. I'm not sure if the discount applies for seven rounds off the top of my head. Actually, I think it's six. So she didn't play all of season seven, and maybe that's why. Are you frozen, Will, or are you just not moving? <laughs> you were frozen for me. So. Ah, there you go. Do you have any insight into why she could be 20% owned? Yeah, I'm not too sure, to be honest. She's, she played seven games, as you said, last season, had a top score of 33, so there's not a huge amount of fantasy potential there. Well, not you know, not potential, not a huge amount of pedigree there, I suppose mm. you can say. There's always a chance that she could come out and have a, a really good breakout season, for sure. Um, the fact that we've heard from West Coast players that Sinead Davison's the one that they're more interested in is probably why I'd lean towards Sinead Davison. Plus, as you're saying, Mel, 20% ownership. I'm, I've always been a fan of picking players that are, are less owned if possible. Yep. I think for the rookies, having a rookie that is that highly owned who may not even score that well, I think you might just be forcing yourself into a corner. So I'd probably look elsewhere. But um, if we're missing something, please let us know. Um, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Absolutely. If there's, a, if there's a massive reason why she's 20% owned yeah. that we have just lost track of, you know, <laughs> we yeah. make our fair share of mistakes, oh, please let us know. Absolutely. <laughs> like, we completely missed Isla Sheeran last year, and she is in my team as of right now because of how good she was last year. So... Mm-hmm. We, we do make uh, a few glaring emissions sometimes, so definitely let us know if Isabel Simmons is apparently going to win the W Award this year. I'd love to hear why. Um, but yeah, I think the 20% ownership for me is probably the big the big, the big bigger flag because even if she does improve, a lot of people are going to be on the same, um, same boat as you with Izzy Simmons, so you could probably get a, a better option elsewhere. And speaking of, you know, high ownership, the opposite to this, our forgotten that I want to call out here is Ella Mora. I hope I've pronounced that right. The reason why Maura, the reason why I think she's an interesting one is we do love to see where a role change or a club change can benefit a player's fantasy scoring potential. She's moved over from North, where she was a midfielder, coming um, into this season at Gold Coast. So that gives the potential, I mean, you know, North midfield is really cohesive and high high scoring. So maybe she's coming to Gold Coast. She gets a bit more room. She gets a bit more time and can increase her points. She's only 1.5% owned. And when she's so cheap, if you're looking for a midfielder on the bench, she could be one uh, to go for. Obviously, you know, we have we have the faves I rattled off before. But if you're playing the point of difference game, that's quite low ownership. Yeah. And I, th- I suppose the only other one that we haven't really mentioned here is a new teammate of Alamara, which is Maddie Branca-Tassano. 
been a bit of talk about her as a potential to move into that Gold Coast midfield. There's a few different options there. I don't think you can really go wrong with a player like Branka Tisano or Maurer. It just depends on which of them plays. So keep an eye on the round one teams. If either of them are named, I think they're both perfectly viable options. Probably Branka Tisano just ahead simply because she does have AFLW experience, but she's also nearly 9% owned, so you don't quite have that uniqueness. But it's much of a muchness. Yeah, absolutely. That was the forwards. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the rucks, which is also kind of difficult here with the rookies this year. Yeah, the rookie rucks is quite an interesting one because there's a couple of very important ones to have your mind around. The first one is Fleur Davies. She was the most important one last year and then got injured on the eve of the season. So she's a player that you could fairly comfortably put in, is going to be the number one ruck for GWS. May have a bit of help throughout the season, but she's very likely to play the entire season as the number one ruck. And the other one is Matilda Scholes. She's basically come out of nowhere to mm. go from, you know, playing in the, in the um, state leagues to now has been talked of as likely to do, similar to Fleur Davies, being the number one ruck at Port Adelaide. So she could take that role from Liv Levicki. Um, I think both of them are two options that, if you are going for the rookie ruck strategy, it's a risky strategy, especially in the official game. It's probably more of a play in the Marrera's Magic game. But if you are looking for rookie rucks, both of them are really good options that could hold you up as a number one ruck. Mel, you've got a, a comment to add here? Yeah, look, over the course of the recording, between finishing our Clubs and Day series and working on this one, I think potentially all three of us have gone from having an elite ruck on our field and maybe a rookie on the bench to either committing to or tossing up the double rookie ruck strategy in the official game where we have so much cash to spare. So this has become particularly, I don't know, I wasn't expecting that we would end up like this before the season. But, I mean, Flo Davies has been part of my side the whole time and now I'm really tossing up Erin Hall, actually, as a fave for the other rookie ruck. Um, given that she seems to have taken the spotlight from Liv Fuller based on what we saw in the Paraki games. She's coming in really cheap. Yeah, so it's uh, the rookie ruck strategy is coming back into play already. Yeah, absolutely. And it was a strategy I was already, I've been a big advocate for it in the Marais Magic game along the way. Erin Hoare, you've mentioned, was the last one I was going to talk about. She does, as you say, look like she's going to take over that number one ruck role at Geelong. Not sure what that means for Liv Fuller, who had a a bit of a breakout year last year. She was in my team for a fair bit of it, but mm. um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, of those three, Hawes clearly got the most experience. She's a very, very good tap ruck, though I'm not sure her around-the-ground work is quite as good as the other ones, but if she's playing at the price she is, very hard to go wrong once again. So if you're sticking her on the bench, you're probably looking pretty good there. Yep, I agree. Um, who are you fading? So the one I'm fading is Lauren Wackfer from West Coast. We've talked a bit about this, to quote Mel's favourite line, you may have heard in the West Coast episode. <laughs> Came into last season with huge raps, but unfortunately did her ACL, so missed the entirety of last season. It meant that Sarah Lakai could really develop into that number one rock roll. And the reason we're fading Wackfer is it's kind of twofold. One, because we don't really know how she's going to fit into that team just yet. Is she going to be the main ruck? Is she going to come off the bench? Will she be stuck up forward? Not mm. really sure. 
But the second one is we do have a couple of other options that seem to be more safe, such as Davies and Shoals. So I think that you could pick Wakfa. She'll probably play given the, the raps that we've heard about her. But I think that in particular, Davies and Shoals are safer options at this stage. Yeah, totally agree. In terms of the forgotten one, she's a bit of a forgotten player in terms of the AFLW in general, but it's Jess Allen from Adelaide. Um, hasn't played for the last two seasons. She was a, a reasonably good um, ruck option back in the day. She averaged around about 40, I think it was. And with Gould going up forward more full-time, it means that um, Montana McKinnon is probably taking over that main ruck role. And in that case, there's a big chance that she could end up being uh, used as that second ruck option, which most teams do like to have. Mm. We know that her sister has just gone down with a, quite an injury, so... There could be a bit of reshuffling at Adelaide as well, but she's another one that you can definitely consider probably more as a an aside because, as we've said, with Shoals and Fleur Davies, they're likely to be the number one ruck, but it's worth, worth having a think about Jess Allen as an option as well. Yeah, and the thing I like about this is Davies is very highly owned at 25. Hall, you know, 14%. She's definitely up there. You do kind of drop off this Shoals and stuff, but... She is very lowly owned in comparison to other to some of the other really cheap rucks here. So I think that makes for uh, a really good point of difference option. Um, if you don't want one of the highly owned fave rookie rucks that we've mentioned there, especially if you're going for a double uh, in your strategy and you need two. But we did see in the review from the Pracky games that that ruck role was kind of being shared around a few different players. So you don't get the benefit of a, a salt ruck. Yeah, for sure. But at 2%, that's way less than pretty much every other... Mm. say viable rookie ruck at this stage so it's not the worst option yeah so now we're going to move to the midfield the rest of the midfield alongside the ruck and i mean there's a couple of players here that we've just about mentioned in every episode as almost sure things mel take it away look so so that we don't just spend this whole time rehashing everything my faves for the midfielders um tyna smith you've got to have her Listen to our some Kilda episode. <laughs> she's in my side. She's actually on my field. Um, Nan Scorn, uh, amazing opportunity here. BFLW, smashed it out of the park. Super cheap, really talented. Uh, Essendon midfielder, she's my utility. But the one I'm going to focus on a little bit here because I haven't spoken about her that much, Alana G. So she, uh, we saw with the launch of the AFLW a couple of days ago maybe, um, all of the captains were voting on who they think is going to be the breakout star for this season. Alana G got some good props there. Everyone thinks that she's going to be coming in for a good season this season. And you do get a little bit of that point of difference because let me just double check very quickly. Yeah, she's quite lowly owned at only 4.3% to compared to some of these other options that we're speaking about here. We've got Nan Scorn on 18 and Smith on 14. So if you're looking for a mid-rookie for either utility or your bench that has you know rising star potential but uh gives you a bit of point of difference i think it could be her yeah and alana is a player that we heard i think it was from taraba hannah last season that she yes. was just a insanely talented player so regardless of fantasy i'm super excited to see her out on the field but by all accounts she's a powerful midfielder who can play inside and out i reckon she's the sort of player that many would just look at and go yep slot her straight into the side so at that sort of price, she was a player that we were looking at as a rookie last season. I reckon she's definitely one that you can add to your team if you 
if you want a, another rookie um, midfielder, I suppose most people would probably be looking for midfielders over some of the other positions for your mm. utility. So definitely a, a good third option there. Yep. And my fade, I'm going to go with actually someone that we were quite excited for last season, but this is Taylor Ortlep. So this kind of fits in the same bucket to me as Isabel Simmons. And then I'm a little bit confused. She's on, She's a fade, not because I don't think she's a good player or a good fantasy player, but I don't really understand her 22% ownership on this situation. She is the most owned rookie midfielder. And yes, she had a great couple of games last season, but we've kind of heard from a few of the people at Carlton who the breakout stars are kind of leaning towards. And I think Taylor Ortlep is still going to have a, a good season, but of all of the 300 grand priced midfielders, I'm a little bit confused why that is more, she's more highly owned than um, Tanner Smith or Nascorn. And maybe, again, maybe we're missing something here, but we're getting close to the opening of the game. And when point of difference is such an important element to this, maybe you don't pick the highest owned midfield rookie. Taylor Orlep's a player that I remember watching at Icon Park last season, and I'm thinking she's going to be a super exciting player to watch, but I never really considered her as a fantasy option myself. Mm. High score of 36 last season. I think she's going to be a phenomenal player, but I don't see her as being a higher averaging player than a, a Smith or an Anscorn or even a G. She's not really a, an out-and-out midfielder like those ones. She's a bit more of a an impact player, so yeah, I, I'd be probably looking at those other three well before I looked at Taylor Ortlep. Yep. And I do have on my forgotten notes my favourite name, friend of the pod, whose last name I can't pronounce to save my life, Jade Progelli. Progelli. Jade Progelli. Progelge. 2% owned when I took these notes a few days ago, so I'm assuming it's roughly about there as well. Look, we've heard from her. She's coming back. She's going to have a great season. Change of club to get... Yeah? No. Yep, change of club. Oh, yeah. Coming over from the Gold Coast, she's a key defender. Simple as that. If she was if she was defender, you maybe put her in the uh, in as an option. As a midfielder, I struggle to see the value. But we love Jade Pagelli. We we joked about her getting midfield time, so I think this is. She even said this is the closest she's going to get. So you know what. Maybe there's something in this. Maybe the listings in the official game are just anticipating what's going to happen in the season and now she will get midfield time and prove us all wrong. I really hope so. I really <laughs> hope so. <laughs> oh, that would be a hot take from us. And I think that's a, a really good segue into the defenders. So in terms of the defenders, my faves, there's a, an obvious one, which is another person that we interviewed, which is Harriet Cordner, a previous sort of... We know she can average around the 50 mark. She'll probably slot pretty nicely into that Carlton backline, a Carlton backline that we know can rack up the points. Mm. Um, any any average is going to be good at her price, but given we know she's got a bit of a known quantity about her, I think that she's a, she's a really solid option if either for your bench or... I mean, a lot of people, I think, are even starting her as a, a D5. There's two other players that I am also a bit more interested in the first one is Mia Bush I know Liam was very keen on her early in the season cooled on her a bit after the practice matches but she was one that's been talked a bit about as potentially having a bit of a breakout season this year Mm -hmm. and the other one is a bit of a a left field one which is Neve McLaughlin from the Gold Coast Irish rookie someone that Mick Curran said was an out-and-out superstar back in the Gaelic game 
more of a midfielder. So could run through that midfield, maybe a bit of a halfback. Could be anywhere, but we know that the Irish players are super talented. I think she could be one of those players who, hopefully a bit like a Vicky Wall, for example, who comes out and averages about a 40-45 in her first season. Just shows how good she is and could be a really, really good option there. Yeah, I think that's a pretty specky fave to put in there, but I like it. In terms of fades, I've kind of kept up the theme we've talked about throughout all of this episode because with rookies, it's kind of hard to really fade any of them because most of them are pretty speculative anyway. Mm. But I've gone with Eliza Vale. Similarly, 22% ownership. Um, hasn't really shown much of a fantasy pedigree in the past. Um, hasn't really been mentioned throughout this preseason as, an, as a truly outstanding backline option for for the Swans. Hope she has a great season, but in terms of that level of ownership, I think you can probably find other players. But I, I did find it quite difficult in terms of this backline because the rookie options weren't that strong. So if she does come out and have a great season, a lot of people are going to be pretty happy about it. Hmm. She's actually more highly owned right now than Harriet Gordner, slightly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. In terms of my forgotten, I've gone with Sarah Goodwin, who's been traded over to Adelaide from the power, and they would be very, very happy with that bit of recruiting with Sarah Allen now going down. Mm. Um, Gives them another defensive reinforcement. She was really highly touted going over to the power in the draft last year. Didn't quite reach the heights that a lot of people thought she could, but that doesn't mean she's not a really talented player who will hopefully be given an opportunity to nail down a position in that Adelaide backline. The one query on that one, I suppose, is the addition of Zoe Prowse to that backline. She's a player that we've actually been talked about, actually listed as a forward in this game, mm. um, which I don't really understand, <laughs> to be completely honest, but she's probably the person that is the most like-for-like replacement for Sarah Allen, played a bit alongside Sarah Allen last season. So both of those two will probably be in that backline in some capacity, they're both key defenders. It's not the best scoring role, but if they're fairly cheap and they're playing... Yeah, that's the thing with rookies. Yeah. If they're named, if they're playing, <laughs> halfway there. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So that's rookies. Get them on your bench. Hopefully we've given you some players that you might have thought about. That sort of ends our wrap-up of who we think are the best players in terms of the price buckets that we've put together. This is getting super close to the season now so we're, we're super excited we've got a little bit of content remaining so keep an eye out for that but in the meantime keep listening to the pods going back over our socials and some of the other episodes if you're looking for some last minute tips uh, you can find all of that stuff on twitter and on instagram at freekickwpod i'm will you can find me on twitter and instagram at will h underscore vi mel where can they find you I'm on Twitter and Insta as HiMelD. And we'll chat to you next time. Yeah, I thought you were going to add something more after that the way you did that inflection. (laughs) That's where Mel is. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We are so close now. Keep an eye out. We've got something really exciting for you next up. But the season's nearly here. Get excited. Get your teams in. And we'll catch you next time. Bye.